Coming up, Evangela Morris on Old Glory. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to another Real American Heroes special edition. I'm Oliver North, and our guest today is Evangelo Van Morris. He's a prior enlisted submariner turned surface warfare officer, a retired naval guy, right? He did a tour in Afghanistan, the Pentagon, and Special Operations Command. He's got an MBA from the Naval Post Graduate School in Monterey, California, where the weather's a whole lot better there than it is where he and I are right now. Not only did he serve our country, but his wife and all three sons are U.S. veterans. Angelo, thank you very much for making time to be with us today. Yes, sir. It's my delight to be here. Thank you so much. You've got a very powerful speech that you talk about old glory. What led you to do this kind of thing at this particular point in time in our country? Well, uh, what led me to do that uh, is just to, to send a clear message out uh, to America, one with a healthy message that strikes the right tone to the country, one of compassion and strength. And, uh, and so basically I realized that, you know, when doing Old Glory, that people really loved it. And, uh, and, and back in the military days, when I was in the military, they loved it a lot. And so I decided to take it to uh, corporate to, to, so that all America can hear it. And they loved it just as much, if not even more. It so is, uh, the love is real. It's powerful. And I, I just, in this day and age, you almost have to thread a needle when dealing with our flag, our glory, and some of what's happening on the streets of America right now. How do you do that? Yes, yes, sir. Indeed, uh, it's difficult. Uh, it's really difficult uh, because there's so many different uh, opinions about so many different things um, out there right now. But one thing I found was that no matter who the audience is, they all seem to, to love old glory. So it just strikes that right tone for them. So on the both sides of the political aisle, they love it. Uh, so it's uh, been to my surprise, including the millennials. I had one millennial, I had her to, to just take a listen to it. I didn't give her any uh, preface to it, just, hey, just listen. And, uh, and it brought her to tears. And she was one to, uh, to kind of like stoke the flames a little bit, but uh, that old glory just got to her, so. Give me a sense for how a, a young guy with, what, 14 siblings? <laughs> from a tiny little village in Folsom, Louisiana. How do you become a naval officer going that way? You know how I did it, but I, as in the yes, Marines, sir. but how'd you do it? Well, yes, sir. I, I have to, I have to give credit to the Navy. Uh, I give credit to my mom and dad because they raised us right. I think that, uh, that, that is extremely important. You gotta, you know, uh, applaud parents that uh, get out there and give the kids the core values that they need. But uh, once I started going on that track, because both, both parents died uh, before, I, uh, before I turned 20. And uh, so really the Navy just took over. So the Navy basically targeted, if I can say clearly, the Navy targeted black enlisted service members uh, for career development. And uh, so as an enlisted submariner, the NCOs, which are non-commissioned officers, uh, they supported me, uh, helped me push packages through. I didn't even know what a, an officer was really. Uh, so they, they made it made it known and say, hey, you can do this. And uh, so and they helped me throughout the, with the SAT and uh, and they walked me through the entire process until I actually got that commission. So the Navy was like a big brother, a big mentor. The Navy as an aggregate helped out immensely. Well, you ended up as a surface warfare officer. A full confession here is this Marine has an Army brother and a Navy brother. Uh, all of us served in combat in one fashion or another. 
to my knowledge, my brother Tim, who was a surface warfare officer, is the only naval officer to lead a real amphibious assault back in those days of wow. the, the tanker wars in the Persian Gulf. He actually led a boarding party aboard an Iranian uh, structure out in the Persian Gulf. I never got to do an amphibious assault. We trained for a lot of them. Right. But here's a surface <laughs> warfare officer leading guys off a destroyer to go ahead and attack and seize that armed uh, Iranian vessel. So you know what mm. it's like to serve out there. We've got, as you know, tens of thousands of American troops stationed all over the world. We've got great mm. criticism here in our country right now. What's mm. your message to those who've decided in an all-volunteer force to serve mm. our country in, our, in uniform? What, what's your message to them? Well, to the, to the, uh, to the folks that are you know, out there, I will say, uh, just like you see other countries, when things are happening, those individuals that are indigenous to those countries, they have uh, compassion for their brothers and sisters. Uh, they, uh, they're sympathizers for their brothers and sisters. So I would say to, uh, to these individuals, everyone needs to be a sympathizer for your own country. In other words, you need to have uh, a level of patriotism, a level of thanks, uh, because the bottom line is whether people like to hear it or not, America's flag is the most recognized symbol in the world for peace and freedom. And, uh, and that's no doubt there. And that's for a reason. It's because of the sacrifice that was made. So when you don't look at that sacrifice, you can kind of get lost in, in everything else. So you need to look at that sacrifice and it kind of resets the, uh, you know, the pendulum there. Look, 50 years from now, uh, when my great grandkids are studying about this extraordinary time in our nation's history, and, it, and there's nobody alive today who's been through what we're now dealing with, with the pandemic, uh, with, mm -hmm. with people, Americans, literally shooting at each other in the streets of our country. Mm. What do you want my great-grandkids to know about what you did during this extraordinary time? Yes, I would want them to know that this country, or let's say it this way, anything in life not worth dying for is not worth living for. So this country is worth dying for. So, and if you don't have something worth dying for in your life, then you re really need to reassess life. So I would say to the kids, the grandkids, that America is such an amazing place that uh, it's something that uh, they should aspire to play their part because we have played our part and uh, in the most sacrificial way. So I would like for my grandkids, your grandkids, to know that sacrificial love, which is similar to unconditional love, sacrificial love is a must. And sacrificial love is what has happened for them to have all of the freedoms that they will, you know, in the future currently enjoy. Brother, I really appreciate you making time to be <laughs> with us today and providing a, a perspective that our fellow Americans can certainly use in these challenging times. Yes, sir. It's uh, been my privilege and uh, honor, and uh, and I hope that uh, as we press forward, you know, and get the message out, uh, I want every American to hear Old Glory. Right now, I'm at, uh, you know, three million people have actually viewed it and heard it, but that's not even 1%. So I'm happy about the number, but uh, there's a lot more Americans, you know, that we want to get the message uh, to. Well, 
All of our friends on Facebook are going to see this, and I'm going to encourage them to watch that video. You know, friends, if that story inspires you like it does me, I want you to let me know and subscribe and let me know how these unprecedented events have affected you and yours and become part of the historical record on how America persevered. Until next time, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for U.S. Marines. Always faithful is a way of life.